I lived in New York City in my early and mid-20s. I still do, but I lived here then, too, and today's story is about a night in 2008. I was pretty unremarkable in 2008. I was 23, I worked in finance, and I lived with some friends in Midtown. On the weekends, I'd throw on some jeans I got at Century 21, my fun Brooks Brothers wrinkle-free shirt, which was the same as all the other Brooks Brothers wrinkle-free shirts I owned and wore to work Monday to Thursday, except that the fun one had a contrasting white collar, which, in retrospect, I am not proud of, and then we'd all head to a bar somewhere. We'd stay for an hour or two, then we'd go to a different bar somewhere else for absolutely no reason, and then eventually we'd get pizza and go home. Not a lot of people are interested in 23-year-old guys in New York City, and I sure do not blame them. I even remember at the time being like, yeah, this lack of interest from everyone checks out. But the people absolutely least interested in 23-year-old guys in New York City are the bouncers outside of the bars we jump between. We had no money. We were usually in a group of four to six other guys also in their fun Brooks Brothers button-downs. We just took up space, which isn't just a metaphor. It was 2008, and our untucked Brooks Brothers shirts were comically blousy. We all looked like Grimace from those old McDonald's commercials. A traveling pack of broke, light blue Christmas trees. So, the bouncers would either tell us to just stand there on the street while they let literally anyone else in, or tell us straight up, not happening tonight guys, and we move on. Which makes one night in the city stand out so distinctly in my mind. While in line outside of a generic bar, a bouncer came up to me and said, hey, I didn't see you there. Come on in. Sorry about that. My friends and I did not ask questions, and we flew past the line into the bar, yards of wrinkle-free gingham flowing in our wake. The bouncer whispered something to the bartender, who proceeded to give us whatever we wanted free of charge the rest of the night. The following week, we tried it again with the same result. Ushered in, guided to an open table, free drinks and food all night. This time, we realized what was happening. This bar somehow thought I was David Lee, a player on the Knicks. I'm tall and kinda sorta look like him, and a bunch of my friends were my old college teammates so we were all much bigger than most people, but to anyone who'd seen the real David Lee even once, it's very clear I am very much not him. It became clear to the bartenders very soon too. At 10pm, TVs blared from behind the bar as the Knicks tipped off against the Los Angeles Lakers, with David Lee scoring a quick 6 points before we were told to pay our bill and never come back. I'm telling you that story because I think it's funny, and I like that Grimace Brooks Brothers joke, but more importantly, because I had a chat the other day with the smartest, most successful person I know. He's in the process of taking his company public, and we spoke for a while about the challenges of taking a three-person business to a 3,000-person business. He said there was only one thing that allowed him to do it, a bouncer. And that is what we're going to talk about today. I'm Brian Scordato, and this is the Idea to Start a Podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. We accelerate ideas into real companies through our product, the Tacklebox Method, and we play smooth jazz and run through startup tactics every Wednesday on the Idea to Start a Podcast. You're here because you're thinking about an idea, you're ready to launch something, or maybe you already launched it and you're flying ahead full steam. We're here to give you the tactical strategy that will give your business the best chance of success. For podcast resources and notes, go to gettacklebox.com forward slash no whisper ideas. And with that, let's get to it. This morning, I woke up at 6.14 a.m. I had 39 new emails, not counting the 75 that missed my inbox because of some rule I've set up or because of unroll.me. Six people had sent me texts and the group chat I'm in had 17 messages from the night before. My click up to-do list notified me that I had eight overdue tasks. 
Ruby, my dog, looked at me with her big, sweet, goofy eyes ready for her walk. While on that walk, eight more emails and four Slack messages came in. I got home and I felt heavy. I visualize everyone I meet is walking around with a backpack on. That backpack is filled with everything they've got to do, their shoulds and their IOUs. These shoulds and IOUs are in the big four categories, work, family, friends, and health. The visualization of the backpack isn't just a metaphor. You can tell by looking at someone how many pounds they've got on their back. Think of the most stressed person you know. Think about how heavy that backpack they're carrying around is. I bet you can see it on their face, in their posture. My friend, the one who's taking his company public, is light as a feather. This backpack thing is nothing new. Humans have had stress and commitments forever. What is new is how much access other people have to your backpack. People you know and people you don't can just toss stuff in your bag whenever they feel like it. It costs them nothing and it costs you everything. The other day, someone I hadn't spoken with since elementary school reached out to me on LinkedIn. They asked if I could connect them to someone in my network to help them learn about an industry. I didn't know the person I was introducing them to all that well, and I certainly didn't know much about this old acquaintance. But they lobbed the request into my backpack and it sat there for two weeks while I ignored it, but it still weighed on me. Eventually, I decided to ask my connection if they'd be open to an intro. They mistakenly thought I was vouching for this elementary school person and told me they'd excitedly wait my intro email. I sent it and a week later heard back from my contact that it was a straight up cold call. My elementary school friend went into a pitch in the first 30 seconds and had since sent five follow-up emails. I felt like a total jackass. Tossed that in my backpack too. Five years ago, one of the tactics we encouraged our startups to do at Tacklebox is multiple follow-ups. When you send a cold email or a sales email, if you followed up four to five times, you were far more likely to get a response than if you only sent one email. People just didn't do that much then. It was much harder too. The tools to automatically drip five emails to people didn't really exist, which meant that people had to do it manually, which feels slimy. It's really uncomfortable hitting send on that fourth email after getting no responses on the first three. I always felt a bit slimy teaching it, even though we only did it thoughtfully. Our rule was to only send an email if you genuinely thought you could help the person you were emailing and only to send emails to people we had handpicked. That's gone. If you run a small business, and even if you don't, you know how much cold outreach you get with follow-ups until you reply to opt out. People throw stuff in your backpack and won't stop until you confront them and tell them not to. Most of the stuff bombarding you is automated. It's not from humans thinking through how, when, or even why they're contacting you. It's software implementing spray and pray. But if you're a human receiving it, and the software does a really good job of making you feel like it's a human sending it, you feel like you owe that email a human response. The real problem with our backpacks is that the friction is all out of whack. There is zero friction for people to throw something into your backpack and a ton of friction for you to get it out. There are things in your backpack that are your fault too, though you likely only do them subconsciously. We send out IOUs all day. Sending an email is a future commitment to reply to a response to that email. Same with the text. Joining a chat group or being tossed in one against your will is a commitment for an unspecified amount of time. It is exceedingly awkward to leave a chat group with your friends, but it's rarely the best way to stay in touch with them. Since most humans would rather be slightly uncomfortable forever than extremely uncomfortable momentarily and comfortable after that, your backpack stays full and your backpack stays wide open. And unfortunately, we aren't any better equipped to manage all the added stuff we're carrying. 
The only thing that's expanded is the size of our backpack, not our capacity to hold it. Nearly everyone I meet is now either meditating or in therapy, both of which I think are fantastic, but I'm not sure those are going to get to the root of the problem. To circle back to the story we opened with, we've got no one keeping out the riffraff. No bouncer to stick their arm out when a group of 23-year-olds in the form of tasks get to your door. We're letting people reach in and take our time and attention whenever they'd like with zero consequences. We need a bouncer. Joy and relief. What makes a good bouncer? Three things. First, they got to be autonomous. They need to do their job without bothering you. Second, they've got to be firm. They can't let the wrong people slip through, and they can't be fooled by the wrong people dressed like the right people. Third, they need to know who you want in the bar, which means they've got to know what you want out of a bar, what a bar with the right amount of the right people even looks like. People write a lot and talk a lot about how you need to get good at saying no, the art of saying no. People love that. If there isn't already a book titled The Art of Saying No, I bet you could write that book and sell 10,000 copies solely based on the title. People love spending money to learn things they already know, and everyone knows they need to say no more. Update, I googled this, and there already is a book on Amazon called The Art of Saying No, and it has 10,000 reviews, so maybe I even undershot it. Saying no shouldn't be the goal because saying no isn't free. It takes a lot out of you. Telling a friend from elementary school on LinkedIn that I won't introduce them to someone I know absolutely sucks and I don't want to do it. The goal should be a bouncer so you don't even have to say no. Someone or an automated process that does it for you. My friend talked a lot about the time, effort, and care he puts into building systems that acted as a bouncer for him. The first thing he did when he decided to design this bouncer system was to create an inventory. He emptied out his metaphorical backpack and wrote down every single task and IOU and should onto one giant piece of paper. This took a few hours, but once everything was written and out, they settled nicely into a few categories. Then he made rules for those categories based on outcomes he wanted and figured out a way to automate those rules. For example, he had something like 25 LinkedIn messages and 200 connection requests. The decision was to either accept all the LinkedIn requests or accept none of them. Whenever possible, remove nuance to decisions a bouncer has to make. As for the messages, he decided he'd respond to each with the same sentence. Quote, I don't use LinkedIn for messages. Email or call me if you'd like. If you had his email or his phone, you got to reach him. If not, too bad. He offloaded this task to a virtual assistant who does it once a week. The idea with the bouncer is to figure out how you can make one decision that allows the bouncer to make a thousand decisions. My friend's got a similar system for emails. He's got a list of his three top priorities every quarter, and these are all described as solutions to a core problem his customer or his internal product at his business has. If there's a sales email from someone out to solve one of those critical three problems, the VA replies to get more info. Otherwise, everything is deleted with a canned response that requests no more follow-up emails. If somebody sends a follow-up anyway, the email and the domain are permanently blocked. The bouncer is set up so that my friend is only working on tasks that do one of two things, and often both. Bring him joy or bring him relief. Joy is joy, stuff that makes you happy. Relief is the feeling of removing stuff from your backpack, the big, heavy, important stuff, so he can be light. You don't necessarily need a VA to take this type of action. 
Instead of having a VA respond to these emails, you can just set up a time box with clear rules for how you're going to handle these things yourself. The key is removing the friction. Make the decision once and stick to it. Make rules. The hardest part of this for me is the actual act of telling people no. The implication that my time is more important than theirs grates at me because I genuinely don't want people to think that. Two things have helped. First, think of yourself as the CEO of your life. If you paid someone 300 grand a year to be the CEO of your life, would you want them giving headspace to every Yahoo that got your email? Hell no. Take yourself and take your time seriously because no one else is going to. Second, identify and remove the friction. For me, the friction is writing the messages without sounding like a jackass. So now I have a canned response for everything in a tool I use called Text Expander. A few keystrokes will paste in a thoughtful response to nearly every type of incoming request I can get. And these are final. They don't open it up for another series of emails. They don't ask for more information from the sender. The conversation is over. If you're working on a startup idea while you've got a full-time job, you simply do not have room in your backpack for any nonsense. Everything you do should be bringing you joy or making you feel lighter, moving you towards your goals. And there's one more side effect of creating a bouncer to limit what gets into your backpack. We won't get into it now because it'd be another full podcast and maybe even a full season, but it forces you to figure out what you're packing for. Where are you going? What do you even need in there? What's going to help you get there? Questions you can only answer if you've got the space to think about them. Questions you can answer if you're light. For that, we need a bouncer. This was the idea to start a podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. If you got this far, head to gettacklebox.com slash nowhisperideas to get a deal on the Tacklebox membership. Build your startup idea the right way along with us and a community of other people building awesome things. Have a great week.